Our scripture today is Matthew 2, 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born the king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and we have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. When Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared, then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go, and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go to him and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another word. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Will you pray with me? Holy God, send your spirit among us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. So I was in fourth grade when I got my first pair of glasses. I wear contacts now, but I'm pretty far, or nearsighted. Nearsighted is what I am. And I don't remember if it was because I was complaining that I couldn't see the chalkboard or something in school, but my mom thought it was serious enough to take me to the eye doctor. I didn't think it was such a big deal until I put on that first pair of glasses and it changed my world. I remember the eyeglasses place was in the middle of the mall in Abilene, Texas. So on my mom was at the counter settling up the bill. I sat out on a bench in the mall and kept putting my glasses on and taking them off because all of a sudden I could see. I could read signs and read names of stores all the way down the mall. And I think the strange thing was, or the mind-blowing thing was, that I had gotten so used to my pre-glasses eyesight that I didn't even know that I couldn't see. I hadn't even realized that my eyesight wasn't very good. And it truly was, are you ready for this? Eye-opening. But um, bum, that's right. 
It was the end of January last year that I launched what I thought was going to be a wonderfully great thing, a 2020 vision. And it's not just that I cannot resist a good pun or reference, I really felt led to call our congregation um, out beyond ourselves and to think of newer and bolder ways to experience mission and acts of service in our community. And so the vision was, the goal was, for our congregation to engage in 2,020 acts of mission and service. We were just getting started. And of course, I thought that we had all sorts of time to promote this vision. And then 2020 started showing its true colors. And I know at least my focus changed to one of survival instead of other lofty visions. And to many, 2020 has been a garbage fire, and we want to leave it in the past as quickly as we can, and we hope we can forget it. And true, maybe the fact that nobody can actually see with these 2020 glasses on should have been an omen to us. I think we started out last year with optimism much like the astrologers from the East. When they saw that star, they felt a calling, discerned the signs that something important was happening and they wanted to be a part of it. They began their journey with optimism, with high spirits, I imagine, excitement and joy and purpose. Now, I know that light pollution, at least in Denver, really doesn't allow us to get an accurate sense of what the ancient night sky would have been like, but it was probably pretty difficult to follow a star. The Dillons, I don't know about you, maybe you also did this, the Dillons went out on that December 21st night, do you remember that? The conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn. And for us, it took a lot of driving around, a lot of debate among the people in the car, some Googling on our phones, and finally, a Constellation app that helped us actually identify the star without a telescope. So I cannot imagine having that as your only guide. And then when these wise men actually make it to Jerusalem. King Herod tries to use their zeal and sincerity against them so that he can also find the new king that the star is supposed to be heralding. And usually when I read this scripture, there's um, kind of a, a melodramatic sense around it when we hear Herod say, Go and search for the child. As soon as you find him, report him to me so I can also pay homage. 
And I always feel like the audience of this story is saying to those earnest, young, wise men, no, watch out, he's the bad guy. Luckily, God intercedes through a dream sequence and helps the Magi understand the deceptive nature of Herod. And after worshiping the Christ child, they head home by another road. This encounter has changed them, and they chose a different path. Epiphany Sunday, which is today, is celebrated for both meanings of the word epiphany, both the manifestation of a deity and the revealing to the Magi something that they hadn't seen before. And they are different, newer, wiser men because of it. So before we throw old 2020 out in the cold and pretend like it never happened, can we consider how it has perhaps, perhaps changed the way that we see, the way that we live? It definitely seemed to be the kind of year that either brought out the best in a person or the worst. And let me be very clear. I do not subscribe to theology that says that God wanted all of these terrible things to happen last year so that we would learn a lesson or so that the punished would be punished accordingly. I believe that our creator hurts with us in these times and I in no way mean to trivialize all of the hurt, death, trauma that has happened this past year. But that doesn't mean that we don't have an opportunity in this moment to learn or grow or be transformed because of it. What priorities have come into sharper focus for you this year? What practices have deepened? If you don't feel like you've taken the opportunity to consider these things, then do so today in this service. This morning, we're offering virtual prayer station, stations, excuse me, led by our prayer and care team. So like Reverend Jamie Lee said, if you want to gather a candle, a bowl or cup of water, and communion elements. Those will help you participate in our prayer stations. And in this time, consider what God has been doing in you over the past 12 months. You might be surprised. Surprised like I was. When I went back to our 2020 vision spreadsheet and actually calculated up all of the donations of food, from food drives and holiday projects, dollars spent towards missions like Habitat for Humanity or Denver East Fish, and the hours volunteered by church members. Our 2020 goal was 2020 acts of mission and service. 
the actual number? 7,814. That's enough for me to take a second look. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.